Hello, my name is Mike Grain. Welcome to another Conversations on Retail and the University of Arkansas Supply Chain Management Research Council, focusing on on-shelf availability. Today, we are joined by a couple of experts from the Sensormatic Company. When we think about radio frequency identification to get inventory accurate and products on the shelf, we typically think of three components, hardware, certainly the tags that are actually on the product and the software. Sensormatic provides a great solution and we're about to hear a lot more about it. So please join me as we join the conversation in progress. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you might be uh, around the world uh, where uh, you're listening to this podcast. My name is Mike Grain, and I welcome you to another Conversations on Retail and the University of Arkansas Supply Chain uh, Organization to another discussion around on-shelf availability in retail. Uh, we'll start with Jamie. Both of these folks are uh, with the Sensormatic slash JCI company. Uh, Jamie, we'll start with you. Go ahead and unmute and kind of introduce yourself to the audience. Great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for uh, having us as well. So I'm Jamie Crest. Um, I'm responsible for the RFID business for North America for Sensormatic. Been in the RFID business now for just about 20 years. 15 of that has been with Sensormatic um, over the years. Uh, prior to that, I was with the company that Sensormatic acquired with the RFID software. So been a part of this group since really the inception of RFID, been involved with programs all over North America and some in Europe as well. So excited to talk to uh, to you and the group about it today. Well, if you've been doing it for 20 years, we should be done by now, right? Jamie? Is, <laughs> exactly is the right. work done? We just we can just all retire and go sit on the beach somewhere, right? Wouldn't that right? be great? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, and my good friend Umesh, you've been in this industry a long time as well, but I believe you're fairly new to JCI and Centromatic. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for us? I've done pilots and rollouts in the U.S., in Europe, and also in Asia, including China and Japan. So I've been in the RFID space for over a decade, and I know a lot of people. And um, uh, thank you all for attending this session, and look forward to our. Uh, conversation today. Got it. Well, again, I appreciate you guys spending the time uh, for sure going through going through this. There's a lot of confusion out in the industry. And Jamie, I was kidding you about doing this for 20 years, we should be done. Because I think if anything, it's gotten more complicated than it's gotten simpler, even though the technology's gotten better. It's, it, it certainly works better, but it's all delivered on kind of that focus on on shelf availability for customers. That's where we always start. So tell us a little bit about Sensormatic and, and JCI, the interesting relationship with the two companies, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what do they do beyond RFID? And then specifically, what do they do in the RFID space? Yeah, certainly. I think we might have a slide to show that, but I can certainly speak to it. So um, Sensormatic is a part of the, the Johnson Controls family. We are, the, the Sensormatic brand is the retail brand for, for Johnson Controls. Um, we really have three primary uh pieces of our business, um, which you can see there on the screen. Um, we have our our heritage, which is in loss prevention. So um, that's how most people know us in the industry. That's where uh, we have a lot of uh, representation across retailers all over the globe with our loss prevention business. Uh, next is, is our traffic or our stopper track business. Um, again, it's a, it's a global business for us, <clears throat> um, and, but yet um, somewhat separate from the, from the RFID business. And lastly, what we call inventory intelligence or our RFID business. And that's what we're here to talk about today. What's interesting, what's happened over the years where those three divisions used to be kind of separate groups for Sensormatic, 
we found out probably three, four years ago that there are so many great insights that you can get across those areas uh, when you look at uh, combining traffic level insights with RFID and especially looking at um, the loss prevention insights. You know, I think we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on today, but with the rise in ORC and the challenges we have and the smart exit solutions we've deployed, um, the connection to the, the LP side of the business and RFID has really grown over the years. Yeah, just just to build on that, I'm sure we've all seen it at a number of times the video when um, Doug McMillan was part of the uh, Squawk Box thing where he said, you know, if we don't figure out how to get this under control, we'll either raise prices or or shut down stores. And now they're shutting down stores in Portland. So I haven't exactly attributed to those, but I think it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out those are probably connected for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yep. Well, let's let's start. I, I love to start each one of these out with you're not only a, a a retail executive in the space, specifically on on things like inventory intelligence and loss prevention, et cetera, but you're also a customer. Each one of us go and buy things from stores, whether we walk in a store and buy it and through the traditional brick and mortar, or we buy it online and pick it up in store, whatever we happen to do. But tell us about a time from a customer perspective that you were disappointed. You thought you had the, the the track on getting some product in the store, only to find out they didn't have it. So I'll put you guys on the spot and see if you've got a couple of examples, because we all have them. Yeah, no, we, we talk a lot about this. I'll, I'll jump in first, Dimesh. So, you know, we've all been there. We walk into the store. We're looking for the size we're trying to get. We're, we're, we're searching through a stack, trying to find that specific size. Most customers don't want to ask for help and, and have the associate kind of dig. So we've experienced that. I was going to, you know, when I was thinking about this um, this morning, it, it's with the rise in omni-channel, we all are shopping online many times first before we go to the store. Um, there's nothing more frustrating than when you, you look online for something, you want to go to your nearby store that you prefer to shop at, they don't have it. You happen to be there later that day or the next day, and, and you see what you were searching for on the shelf. Um, so it's a little bit of a twist on your question, which is I was disappointed um, online. I find the customer has it in the store, which is frustrating for the retailer because they could have sold that to me uh, with my online purchase the day before. And I think it just begins to erode the customer's confidence in the brand. And I think that's what we see. I mean, as a consumer, I know that happens to me. And that those those are some of the challenges that we're trying to solve and that you're, you're addressing with this podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, I had an experience, you know, went to a, uh, a cell phone store uh, to buy a case for my phone. And this is a major cell phone re retailer. And um, they, didn't, they don't have the proper pairing of inventory, you know, for all the right sizes of the phones. They don't have the right chargers or the cell phone cases, et cetera. Mm. So they could easily do it with RFID solutions. You know? mm. And also they didn't know, they told me to go to a nearby store and they didn't even know if they would have it or not. So uh, this is something that we easily do. We do it today in sports and fashion. You know, we can show what you have in that particular store and what you have in a nearby store as well. So I thought that was interesting. I think, you know, with electronics, that's another, you know, a tangential market that's going to grow as as more awareness happens with what are what are the possibilities. Yeah, there was a, a recent uh, article by IHC uh, group that said that 24 percent of Amazon's revenue started because somebody tried to buy something in store. 
uh, and then couldn't find it. So they use the retailer's Wi-Fi to order it from Amazon. How about that for a slap in the face? So that's awful. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. Thank you very much for giving me the free Wi-Fi to order the product I was here to get from you, but I went and bought it from Amazon because they had it and they'll deliver it in three days. Fascinating. Yeah. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, that very good exact, very very good examples, et cetera. So, talk a little bit about um, the retail industry itself. I mean, we've already talked about the disappointment of a customer perspective that we didn't actually understand uh, exactly how products are in the store, and we got we end up pushing people to competitors because unfortunately we didn't have what we wanted. Sensormatic has played a role in that, either from a loss prevention standpoint or an inventory management standpoint. And so there's all this excitement, all of these big right retailers, Walmart, Target, Macy's, Nordstrom's, Dick Sporting Goods. Dillard's, everybody's kind of excited about RFID, and that's become the new platform uh, for for how you do work, especially if you're an apparel retailer. So how does Sensormatic fit into that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, years ago, Mike, when you and I would be talking about this, we would be talking about what does RFID do for in-store execution? How does it allow an associate in the store to know what's in the back room that needs to be brought to the, to the front of the store a lot of retailers do a fantastic job with making their store look perfect. It looks beautiful. All the, the shelves are full, are full. But what's really hiding behind those full shelves are, you know, they're the wrong sizes. You have a shelf full of smalls or a shelf full of mediums or a, a footwear um, display wall that is missing several colors that, you know, the customer's not going to buy it if they don't know that color is available. What we've seen change with the onset of Omnichannel and a lot of times I'll, I'll go talk to a customer and they'll say, well, tell me the connection between RFID and Omnichannel because Omnichannel is online. Um, and I, I you always give the example of, you know, if your inventory accuracy in that store, or the stores where you're looking for the inventory for your customers, if your inventory accuracy at 60%, uh, 70%, on a good day, maybe it's 80% uh, in a traditional world. Um, if your OMS system is looking for that inventory in the store and it thinks it's there, but it's not, so now you have store associates who are searching for items in that store for that for that Omni order, and they have to decline that order. Then it goes to the next store. Then it goes to the next store. So you have huge impacts on labor. You've got huge uh, impacts on your shipping and 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 split shipment situations. Back to your previous question, as consumers, you know several of us will place an order online, and then we wait for the order to kind of come in. You get three or four different boxes, and you always think, God, I just placed one order. Why am I getting these boxes at different times in different boxes? Um, so I think that's where, you know, we've seen as Sensormatic, we've seen a tremendous change in the industry is, as we've gone just from in-store execution. Now we're looking at Omnichannel. And, and, and then where we're seeing it now is, you know, everyone at NRF, for example, was talking about um, self-checkout. You know, yeah. that, that becomes the big conversation. How do you make it as frictionless as possible? And RFID has a tremendous role in that space as well. How can RFID, if you're putting the tag on the product, you as a retailer are making the investment in that tag. It, it is to your benefit as a retailer to figure out how many use cases can I support and grow with that initial investment. Um, first, I'll fix my inventory accuracy. Then I'll improve my omnichannel program. Then I'll be able to um, uh, look at self-checkout. Then I can understand my, my shrink at the exit. All those things tie together. And, and that's what's fun about it because the use cases just keep growing and growing. Yeah, and I talk to a lot of people also at you know at NRF, and what's happened there, you know, is they talk about endless I, right? So, and the velocity of orders has 
increased tremendously. I mean, you know, just look at how many people order right from their phone. And also the increase in DTC, direct to consumer business has, you know, probably tripled. Uh, is, uh, and the retailers can make more money with DTC, right? So um, that, that portion of the business has significantly increased. What that means is the DC use cases. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, of course. So, yeah. Yep. Well, and, and what's what's been interesting about this is uh, you mentioned the, the DC work, uh, Umesh. I think that's right, because what's interesting about RFID, when you look at, and Jamie, you and I have been working on this for a long time, we started out in the 2000s thinking about it as a supply chain from manufacturer right. to the distribution center, to the store, et cetera. And we all go, well, wait a minute. The real value proposition here is at the store, making sure you know exactly what you have and where it's located. Well, now fast forward 20 years, now inventory accuracy at the store is better, much better for those retailers that are using it. And they're starting to think, well, what, what can we do this from a supply chain perspective? How do we eliminate claims because of, they said I didn't ship them enough stuff, but I can tell you I did ship them uh, stuff and I've got proof because it left our dock. Here's what we've here's what we actually had. To me, it's actually reversing back to where we're back in 2005 and starting to think about the supply chain opportunities now that we got the stores uh, taken care of. So, Umish, Umish, any any thoughts on other other kind of opportunities that you see? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, well. Jamie already talked about self-checkout, assisted self-checkout, you know, those types of customer experience use cases. Uh, those are important. And also in the DC, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about now or later, there's so many use cases, you know, about um, reducing chargebacks to everything. And what I see is that is incoming, receiving, you know, receiving audit. Um, but more and more uh, retailers are doing outbound, outbound verification. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if uh, you all saw, it's on the internet. UPS announced a huge program. That is uh, that is a game changer. You know, they announced $140 million of investment for yep. this year in 2023, just for the RFID program. Yep. That is phenomenal. You know, they're looking at, you know, misloads, reducing that, you know, one in 400 to one in 800. That that is phenomenal. You know, it's a ten x improvement. Yep. Uh, and all the you know the errors you see in cross docking and everything else, um, will will go away. Yep. So got a I got a chat question from Ursula. I think it's a really good question. Uh, do you have some examples outside of apparel? Everybody's heard the apparel success stories. Are there, and someone mentioned Sam's. I think it was a different conversations regarding Sam's. I think I mentioned that, but but do you do you see it starting to expand outside just an apparel play? Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, Mash. We are seeing tremendous you know uh, growth outside of apparel. You know, largely due to the to the Walmart um, with the their requirement for tags on new categories. But you know those those categories make so much sense. You know, when I gave the example earlier of the denim wall, you know, someone trying to find a pair of pants, they all look the same. The same can be true of, uh, of a wall full of tires, a wall full of uh, car batteries. Um, Umesh's example, um, a, a wall of accessories or iPhones, you know, all of those things still suffer from the same core problem, which is it's a dense skew environment. It visibly looks the same to the customer. And how can we provide tools to them 
to help the associates make sure the stores are fully stocked, but also uh, help the consumer. We're seeing um, benefits for uh, using an EPC tag to not only identify that item, but maybe tying it to the IMEI number on that particular phone so that you're now you know, look, managing the serialization of those phones. So we are seeing, I would say to that question, that's where all the growth is um, that we're seeing in the market right now. And, and I'll say one more thing. What, what is fun about RFID and, and Mike and Umesh, I'm sure you've seen it, is you go into a retail environment, you're trying to solve one, two or three primary problems. And invariably in the pilot or the first year of that program, you find a, a problem and a solution with RFID that you never expected as part of the original program. Macy's did that early on years ago with their footwear compliance solution. Um, RFID solved that for them. And that's what's fun. And I, I think we've uncovered a lot of those in apparel and footwear, um, but we're just scratching the surface on those similar use cases that probably someone hasn't even thought of yet um, in hard goods and electronics. Um, in automotive, um, in sporting goods, not just the apparel on sporting goods, but also, you know, all those other the golf clubs and the bats and the hockey skates. Um, I think that what's interesting for all of us who are in the industry is we're about to uncover some really interesting use cases that no one's ever thought of. And as a, a friend of mine says in the industry, what's great about RFID is it shines a, a light on a problem that you never really knew how to solve, or maybe you didn't even know it existed. And I think that's what uh, we're all kind of looking forward yeah. to. It's like the ad, health and beauty, you know, we we just did a rollout for Renner in uh, uh, Brazil, 400 store rollout, health and beauty products, you know, small items, uh, they have a lot of inventory issues uh, that were solved. And we have a case study on our website for people to download. Awesome. Yeah, clearly... I was I got a, a great opportunity to be part of uh, Walmart when we rolled out the uh, automotive tire and automotive battery that yeah. Jamie mentioned, and everyone was like, "How do you lose a tire? <laughs> happens all the time, right? We think right. we have four. We tell the customer we have four. They drive in. We go try and get four. We only have three. Now what do I do? Right. I didn't lose one sale. I lost four sales because nobody's going to put three tires on, right? Right. Printer printer cartridges. You've got a hundred printer cartridges, thousands of printer cartridges in a store at a Best Buy or Walmart, but you're missing the black cartridge for the my HP printer. I'm not going to switch. Right. I'm not going to yeah. switch. And I think the only other one that I would tell you that uh, some of the big CPG suppliers are starting to get pulled into RFID because of Walmart's direction on things like automotive and hardware. Well, guess what? B&Gs of the world sell air fresheners for automotive. So they're going to get in, introduced to that business. And, you know, Kimberly Clark probably makes paper towels or industrial paper towels for, you know, hardware department. So they're going to start getting introduced to this concept. The only other thing I'll tell you is RFID and food right now is exploding, oh, right? Huge. Because not only it's the on-hand accuracy, but I actually, when I apply the product, for example, to a to a package of lettuce, I know exactly how many days it's been on the shelf so I can potentially mark it down for a reduced sale rather than throwing away the food. So there's a whole dating process. That sounds bad, but you, you get the point. <laughs> the aging of product and making sure that you are keeping the freshest product available for the customers. Yeah. And, so. and what, I, what I love about that example is, you know, there's certainly the corporate view or the business view of, of having that freshness view I also love the the store associate view of it, right? The, the mm. store associate, they are tasked with making sure that they have the items on the store shelves that you want to sell first and that you're not putting, you know, the newest items and that the, they're aging in the back. 
um, to give them the tools that makes that job for them easier, to be able to identify the lettuce in your example that's going to expire earlier and make sure that's on the shelf so that you're not mixing up what's on the shelf. I love the examples where the store associates are the ones saying, hey, thank you for you know, deploying this. It makes my life so much easier. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Just to add to that, you know, I mean, this is first in, first out. You know, you're in fast food, right? McDonald's. Uh, and uh, Chipotle, there's a great uh, case study, you know, online, you can find there, you know, really good use cases and recall management, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in food supply chain, something always happens, right? You know, so right. you can pinpoint where it went bad uh, instead of the entire country shutting down, you know, like what happened with Chipotle. So there's a lot right. of good use cases, yeah. So ho hopefully that answers the question around category expansion. Are we tagging watermelon yet? No, I don't think so. Will we ever? <laughs> I'm not sure that we will in my lifetime. There's certain products that just don't make sense because of RF challenges, frankly, because of, of price points. I don't even know if there'll be a day where we'll put it on cereal. Because mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm looking for this particular cereal and you don't have it, I'm leaving with cereal, right? I'm not, I'm not I may switch, <laughs> I may not be happy, but I don't know that I have to RFID tag cereal. I could be wrong, but clearly cut. Really not about the price point, but it's about how much profit you make on that item. Yeah, uh, you know, it's all about that. You know, like, like I know some retailers, like you know, some of our customers who who are fully tagged in the entire store they actually tag a water bottle, you know, plastic water bottle yeah. they sell for like $3.99. They're tagging that because their margins, they're like nearly 80 or 90% yeah. profit. Good point. So, Good point. And, the, the, and managing the inventory accuracy in those high dollar profit skews is important to them. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think what you're going to hear is RFID... Number one, nobody needs to do a pilot to see if RFID works. That's over. Everybody knows it works. To me, number two, and I think that was a very, very important question, it is no longer just an apparel play. It's an electronics play. It's a hardware play. It's a food play. Mm -hmm. You're going to see people reapplying this for different uses. And I think your McDonald's and Chipotle examples are really good. Matter of fact, a shameless plug for RFID Journal. I think McDonald's is going to be presenting at RFID Journal talking about the, the success story that they've done with their quick service restaurants things. So it's going to continue to expand categorically. I want to switch this thing to the reason we actually did this was just to get the inventory accurate in store. But now that we've got things tagged and they're typically tagged at store, what are the kinds of use cases are available other than just getting your inventory right? So we're going to turn this over, big, broad question. But but what else are retailers and suppliers using this RFID technology for beyond just getting the inventory right at store level? Yeah, so I, I think there's there's a lot of use cases that people look at. And I think, and some require fixed infrastructure in the store to kind of enable and others don't. Um, let me use uh, an example of fitting rooms. People have long, and again, I'm going back to the apparel example, but if people have talked a lot about, and we have, we have tested over the years and, and have partners in the space of how can we get the most out of our fitting room? How can we get the data out of the fitting room? In, in previous years, you know, you didn't know why an item wasn't selling. And so you just continued to mark that, that, that item down until you had to, you know, get it out of the stores. To know within a matter of days, that certain items are going into the fitting rooms multiple times a day and then not being sold 
you know, that's phenomenal information. Um, so I think, you know, that's an example of a use case in addition to inventory accuracy. But then you, then you begin to look at, okay, loss prevention. How do I, how do I get better control over my loss prevention? So certainly you're going to have an eye on strength always. Um, you can, let's use the same example. How do I know, uh, if I put a, if I put a smart exit, which we have a, a significant number of Macy's today, if I put an exit so I know exactly what left the store, tie that to video, know the exact items that went out the store and know those price points. And if I know the last read of some of those in certain stores are the, you know, when it's going through a fitting room, if you have readers around the fitting room, you know where that source of theft is taking place. You don't always know that, um, but I think that's an example. So I think, you know, the, the biggest use case with the biggest return, Mike, that we're seeing right now is all around ORC. It's all around strength management and all the tools that RFID can give you in that space. Yep. Yeah, and I would, I would talk about, you know, I'll mention three use cases, replenishment, the key use case, you know, so how do you replenish to the sales floor so you don't have, out of, you know, zero on the sales floor, you know, it's about planogram management, right, uh, so what you don't show, you don't sell. So you got to replenish and replenish intelligently, you know, the high dollar value items, high profit items, make sure they're represented on the sales floor at all times, right? Intraday replenishments, even within the same day, you know, like outlet malls, like Orlando, places like that. By the time you open the store at 10 a.m., by noon, you were already sold out <laughs> on, on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So you have to replenish three, four times within the same day. Mm -hmm. So everything is real time with APIs that we do. So it's a uh, Fantastic. Other second use case I want to talk about is store to store transfers, uh, store back to DC transfers. What happens in different seasons? You know, what do you do with the items you have? Uh, so, you know, the, a store in Orlando is not the same as a store in Alaska, right? <laughs> so, so you really? I didn't, know that. I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> and receiving, <laughs> receiving is a great use case. You know, with RFID receiving, you know, in my, I have done my own studies, it's about six times more efficient. That means, you know, six times more cost savings than how you normally do receiving. And if you are replenishing, typically most retailers replenish about four to five times per week in each store. So that is a significant per store cost savings, which basically pays for the entire program. So in, in many retailers, there are two ways to sell things. One is we call it on the shelf or on the side counter. One is display, end of aisle display or Action Alley. Walmart calls it Action Alley, et cetera. Uh, Ursula, I just asked a question around, can you use RFID technology to leverage whether the display got set or not? And if so, how do you do that? We've we've tackled that a couple of different ways in a couple of different environments. So um, we we've run programs or evaluated tagging the actual floor, disp floor display in totality. So if you have a shrink wrap display that you want to move from back to front, like in a Walmart example, you can mm -hmm. certainly know that that was supposed to hit the hit the uh, sales floor on March first, or you know the directive from corporate. You can know via RFID that that item has actually moved from back to front. Um, you know, when you get into zone level accuracy on the sales floor, it becomes a little bit more challenging with an RFID environment to know where something is on end cap versus an in aisle. But I would say micro location is another 
um, of the use cases and capabilities that really all of the all of the the players in the market are looking at, and I think it has tremendous value. So eventually, with micro location, you be, can begin to apply a value associated to different locations in the store. You certainly think the end cap is the most valuable location, um, but how can you apply it to the front table, to the end cap, to various locations in the store? So using micro location will certainly enable that as well. Well, I hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion with the folks from Sensormatic. Join us next time as we continue our conversation with them talking about the future capabilities of RFID. Thanks.